The good news is there's no devil. The bad news is there's no heaven. There's nothing. Those are the words of the late media magnate Kerry Packer speaking about the time he spent clinically dead for seven minutes after a heart attack playing polo back in 1990. But he was saved because unusually the ambulance that was sent to him just happened to be fitted with a defibrillator. Well, apart from that declaration on the absence of an afterlife, he also had another famous response to his ordeal. He put up funding to ensure every New South Wales ambulance from then on had a defibrillator, the so-called packer-whackers. And many, many lives have been saved as a result. Well, now there's been real progress in the quest to provide something similar for stroke victims, and not just in urban centres. It involves a $40 million grant to enable the fitting of portable CT scanners into Royal Flying Doctor jets and helicopters, as well as road ambulances. It means life-saving technology can be delivered on-site to a stroke patient in the so-called stroke golden hour, the short period of time before brain cells die. Stephen Davis is Professor of Translational Neurology at University of Melbourne. He's one of the two neurologists in charge of the $40 million Australian Stroke Alliance grant. Stephen is co-founder of the Australian Stroke Alliance and a past president of the World Stroke Organisation. Stephen, hello. Hi, Christine. Great to talk to you. Also with us is Associate Professor Luke Birchall. Luke is Australia's first Indigenous cardiologist and works with the Australian Stroke Alliance. He's a proud member of the Yorta Yorta Jawarung Nations. His leadership in adult congenital heart disease and heart failure is recognised internationally. Luke, hello to you. Hi, Christine. A pleasure. Stephen, before we get to the $40 million grant, let's start with the size of the problem, like heart attacks were, uh, like heart attacks are rather, strokes are big killers of Australians. Uh, What exactly are the statistics? Well, thanks very much, uh, Christine. So stroke is the second commonest cause of death after heart attack. And in fact, in many countries, such as China, it's the number one cause of death. So there are about 60,000 strokes a year in Australia and up to perhaps 12,000 people die as a result. And even more importantly than just death, it's disability. Strokes cause disability, problems with speech, uh, ability to use the arm or leg, and the ability to function independently. And tell us about the golden hour. Just, um, Just how long does it take from when a stroke hits until the brain damage is irreparable? So this is the big challenge, and we've learnt a lot about brain damage after stroke because it is progressive and we use the concept that time is brain and every minute counts and uh, urgent treatments which particularly involve what we call clot busting treatments drugs that dissolve the blood clots that block the arteries to the brain are most effectively treated in the first few hours after stroke and particularly in the first golden hour that gives the greatest chance of benefit now in melbourne The the big revolution, one of the big revolutions in stroke care is treating patients ultra early. And the way that we do that is we don't even wait for them to get to hospital. We treat them in the ambulance before they get to hospital. We save a lot of time and we save a lot of brain. But the problem is that the scanner that we have in the stroke ambulance weighs more than half a tonne. And the only way that we'll be able to really get out this technology to rural and remote and indigenous 
communities is to miniaturise the technology and bring it under 100 kilograms. So that's what this program is all about. And I must add that I, I lead it together with my close friend and colleague, Professor Jeff Donnan. And Luke is one of our absolute key players. I've seen an artist uh, depiction of a prototype. It looks pretty, pretty tiny and compact. That's the idea. We're working with three companies to look at miniaturised brain scanners that can fit, as you said, even into a helicopter or jet or regular ambulance, shorten the time to treatment. And I'm sure as Luke will explain, the disadvantage in rural and remote Australia and Indigenous communities is alarming and completely unacceptable. So we're delighted that this program will go some way to addressing that inequity. You talked about the golden hour, but what's the silver 90 minutes? Ah, glad you asked that. Uh, so in Melbourne, just to give you an idea, uh, we can hardly treat in hospitals anyone in the first golden hour because they simply don't get there quickly enough, uh, get scanned. You have to do a scan before you treat a stroke patient. So in, at the Royal Melbourne, for example, one or two percent of patients get treated in the first 60 minutes. In the stroke ambulance, it jumps up to 10 times that, so 10 to 15%. But in 90 minutes, we can, on the mobile stroke unit, treat 50% of patients compared to 12 or 13% of patients in the hospital. Now, the silver hour is still an incredibly effective treatment time window. So that, the figures there are even more striking than in the golden hour. So obviously those close to big hospitals with scanners might get inside this time window, but what about rural communities and in Indigenous communities? Well, Luke can comment as well, but the data are really alarming, to be honest. I mean, if you live in remote Australia, you just don't get modern stroke treatment. In other words, very rapid imaging and, and rapid treatment. And the treatments are designed to restore blood flows of the brain, either with clot-busting intravenous treatment or transferring the patient quickly for what we call clot retrieval. And that involves moving them to a centre where there's expertise to do what we call a neurointervention. So there's a huge gap um, in, in depending on your postcode and depending um, where you live in this huge country. So what does a CT scanner actually do? The CT takes a picture of the brain and most importantly, it, it rules out bleeding in the brain. There are two sorts of stroke, one that causes blockage in blood vessels. That's the most common cause called ischemic stroke for which we use clot busting treatments. And the other type's called brain hemorrhage where a blood vessel ruptures. And if you use clot busting treatment in the wrong patient, you can kill them. Oh. But you can't treat them without that scan. And that's why we need these novel, very lightweight uh, scanners. And now, two of these companies are Australian and are at the absolute cutting edge of developing lightweight scanners. One of them is a company in Adelaide and the other one in Brisbane. So we're very excited to be working with them on this program. We want to go under 100 kilograms, possibly even lower, so perhaps less than the weight of an average person, and that's the way that we can put them into the sky. I might add, uh, there's only one mobile stroke unit in Australia, that's in Melbourne, in the world, there are perhaps 30 or 40, but no one has yet put a, a scanner into the sky because they're just too heavy and too big. So that's the challenge in this program. 
so Stephen, I, I noticed that there's a bit of background um, sound happening. What, what is that? We're picking it up. That's the helicopter arriving at the helipad at the Royal Melbourne. And they sometimes bring in stroke patients um, from out-of-regional uh, out regions in Victoria. Uh, it's mainly for road trauma. Um, but this is, you know, this is going to become a much more common way of treating patients. But the really important thing is not to wait till the helicopter gets here to treat the patient, but to start treatment wherever the patient is outside their home. Professor Stephen Davis is with us um, and so is the helicopter behind him, co-founder of the Australian Stroke Alliance, um, as is Associate P Professor Luke Birchall, Australia's first Indigenous cardiologist who's working with the, the uh, Australian Stroke Alliance. Now, Luke, to you, you thought that I'd forgotten about you? No, no, I've been hanging in, listening carefully to what you've been saying, having a good yarn there with Steve. That's right. Uh, now, Indigenous people have a particular problem with strokes, don't they? That's right. Our mob um, have a much higher rate of stroke. Um, we know, based upon the little research that's available, that our stroke rate is about three times higher than for non-Aboriginal, non-Torres Strait Islander people. And what's really alarming is that stroke for us often occurs 15 to 20 years younger than that oh. of non-Indigenous Australians. So take us through what would happen. Someone in a remote community in Australia has a stroke. How would they get a CT scanner and treatment in time to save them? Well, the current problem is that they're not getting the CT scanner. Mm. And in fact, our collaboration, we've got stories of people, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous, that presented to their local hospital and basically sat in the hospital sometimes overnight waiting for transfer to a larger regional centre and then another transfer to a CT-capable centre before they actually were able to start treatment because in all of that time we didn't know whether they'd had a clot with lack of blood supply or they'd had a bleed into the brain. Mm. How do I present when I'm having a stroke? Yeah, so people present with all sorts of symptoms but particularly a change in their speech, a change in their thinking, a change in their strength and a change in the sensation um, that they might have in their body. So you've, now you've trialled one of these scanners in an ambulance in, in Melbourne. What have you observed about its use? Well, the funny thing is, is my dad was a patient in one of the scanners just this year. So we were writing the grant and um, my father called my mother actually called saying that my father was not making any sense he wasn't speaking clearly i said he's having a stroke call the ambulance and uh serendipity it was actually the mobile unit that um stephen was just telling you about that arrived at my parents house 10 minutes later and uh sure enough my father was having a stroke and it was because of the mobile stroke unit that were able to identify the kind of stroke he was having and commence the treatment he needed and to transfer him rapidly to hospital. How is he? My father was one of the lucky ones and again I think that this speaks to the the importance of having these mobile stroke units and the teams. Uh, he is fully recovered but I think that a big part of his recovery is that he got the right investigations and then the right expert advice as soon as possible uh, when he started to have his stroke symptoms. 
Now, for both of you, Stephen and Luke, the big news, a $40 million grant. Where's it coming from and, and what will it mean? Perhaps I'll, I'll start, um, Christine. So this, this is a grant from uh, the Commonwealth Government through the uh, Medical Research Future Fund called the Frontiers Program. And it's funding innovative research uh, based on transformative technologies that will improve health outcomes, but also be commercially important uh, for Australia and Australian companies. So the way that this money will be deployed is to support a kind of army of stroke researchers that will work not just in metro centres, but in rural and remote and Indigenous communities around the country. And it will focus on the development technologically of these very lightweight imaging devices with our partner companies, which is really important, which we hope to launch the prototypes in, within the time period of the program, probably in two or three years' time. It will also be underpinned by education, in which Luke will have a very key role, and a digital telehealth network uh, around the country. So it really is a big and complex partnership. There are more than 30 companies and organisations involved, uh, organisations such as the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which you may know is the biggest aeromedical retrieval service in the world with around 80 aircraft, ambulance services around the country, and Ambulance Victoria has been one of the absolute leaders uh, in, in the program, uh, the Stroke Foundation, multiple universities, particularly the University of Melbourne, where we work, many hospitals such as the Royal Melbourne Hospital. So we're very excited about this and we've started already. And um, it's, as I said, for me and I think for Jeff Donnan, uh, the most exciting thing we've ever done. So what's the vision? Will every GP and medical centre be able to have a small CT scanner at some stage? That is, to be frank, that is the vision, um, and we won't achieve it in five years. We want to develop and test these technologies, and then beyond five years will be implementation around the country. And I think also it's got huge global implications because so much of the country is not small-focused metropolitan populations, but huge rural and remote areas where this technology is going to have a very, very big role. So it's Australia is potentially leading the world in this field. And then there's more. You're, you're looking at um, remote clot removal. Yeah. A surgeon, a neurointerventionalist in a major city yeah. could work from city via a regional hospital to remotely remove clots. How? This is amazing. Well, this is actually incredibly exciting. It's not. It's it's a little separate to the grant, but we do we are trying to pursue this and. We've got to think of ways of making these new treatments available to people that live in far-flung regions. So currently thrombectomy uh, is relevant to about 10% of patients with a common type of stroke where blood clots block the arteries, a so-called ischemic stroke. Uh, but this treatment's only available in a very small number of metropolitan centres in Melbourne. The people that do it are very skilled neurointerventionists. So that, uh, for example, if you're in a, a, a rural or regional setting in Alice Springs, uh, in, in uh, Kalgoorlie, in Townsville, wherever, there may be radiologists and they may be able to perform an angiogram, but the idea is that potentially a robot in the hands of this person could be controlled by an expert neurointerventionist, perhaps based in Brisbane or Melbourne, and pull out the clot 
in the patient in Alice Springs. That's the vision. Uh, and again, this is this is kind of using modern technology to solve a, a problem of access and to make access more fair, uh, which is a big theme of our grant. We're working closely with uh, two neuro neurointerventionists, Hal Rice uh, in Queensland and Bernard Yan in Melbourne. But this is another very exciting research theme. Uh, look, very much world leaders, expert potential, huge export. Absolutely huge, huge, huge. I think all of these technologies, but um, I'd like to bring it back to Luke and perhaps talk a little bit more about what the inequity is and how we're going to try and overcome it, because that's, that's the most important theme of our work. So Luke, tell us about um, you know, the, the inequity and with the stroke victims in remote communities. So we know that there's a higher rate of risk factors that need to be treated and we know that there are problems with access to care and they're probably the major contributors to inequities in, in stroke care and outcomes. So this project is really unique because it's going to address the access to care issue but it's also creating this coalition of the willing and I think that um, we're hearing a lot about innovation in this conversation and the thing that I want to put up and put in the centre is Indigenous innovation. So this project is really centering Indigenous knowledge and governance and that means that we're looking not just at the death and disability statistics but we're looking at what is the cultural impact of stroke on our people and uh, I would just draw attention to those strokes occurring a decade earlier among our mob it means that we're losing our next generation of elders. So these stroke outcomes improving are also about keeping our communities and our culture alive. Will the scanners be made available to remote communities before major centres? Yes, that's, that's the, the plan is that the, the miniaturised scanners will be particularly... A third of Australia is rural and remote, mm. and particularly in the remote regions, as Luke said, they simply don't have access to imaging. So the whole theme of this program is uh, to move outside metro centres where CT scanners are, are, are widely available. We're trying to shorten the time to treatment in metropolitan centres with pre-hospital treatment by mobile stroke units, but the miniaturised scanners are particularly applicable to remote regions of Australia. Luke, what's, what's, um, what's the best way to stop stroke, the pre prevention of it? Why are so many people in Indigenous Australia dying so young or getting affected? You know, there's two ways for me to answer that. As a cardiologist, uh, it's all about those risk factors. It's smoking, hypertension, diabetes, uh, cholesterol, it's diet, it's nutrition, it's physical activity, uh, and then some of the other conditions that we see in our community like kidney disease. All of those things need to be identified early and actively treated. But then as wearing an Indigenous hat, a big part of the problem is access to culturally safe care because, you know, we, we know anecdotally and from our lived experience that our mob are less able to access primary care and primary prevention that they feel is culturally safe. And I do think that that's part of the gap. Um, we discussed this project with the Minister, um, Ken Wyatt, who really called out one of the major achievements is that we're increasing the access, we're improving the access, we're actually 
bypassing some of those obstacles, some of those barriers to the care that uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people need. Black life matters. It does, and black culture matters too. Mm. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time with me tonight um, and wishing you all the best. Can't wait to watch this space and learn what's more. Hope to have you back on. Thanks so much, Christine. Great to talk. Thank you. It's an honour. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. Uh, Stephen Davis, Professor of Transitional Neurology at University of Melbourne and one of two neurologists in charge of the $40 million Australian Stroke Alliance grant and Associate Professor Luke Birchall, Australia's first Indigenous cardiologist working with Australian Stroke Alliance, member of the Yorta Yorta Jawarung Nations and co-chair of the Stroke Foundation's Indigenous Leadership Council. <laughs> 